0: This is a Bloomberg Business Flash from Bloomberg World Headquarters. I'm Charlie Pallett. Stocks fell the most in the month, retreating from records as crude oil slid into a bear market. On concern, the global supply glut will persist. S and P 500 index down 16 to 24.37, down seven tenths of one percent. The Dow down 61, down three tenths of one percent. Nasdaq fell 51, a drop there of eight tenths of one percent. The ten-year up nine thirty seconds, yield two. gold down 280 the ounce to 12.43, down two-tenths of 1%, and West Texas Intermediate Crude down 97 cents a barrel to 43.23, a drop there of 2.2%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: This is your Bloomberg Real Estate Report. I'm Denise Pellegrini. Manhattan properties priced over $5 million apparently have hit a soft patch.
2: The conversations that I've had with contacts who kind of live and breathe that market suggest that the $5 million price point is kind of the rough dividing line between where demand is softer and where things are still performing.
1: Drew Redding is analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence.
2: What we heard is that a lot of developers have begun to shift their product to trying to reach that, that sub-$5 million price point, if you will.
1: Reading says the high-end market in Manhattan is facing a bunch of headwinds.
2: There's been a significant increase in inventories in those segments, and you've had somewhat of a less favorable demand environment due to you know, the strengthening of the U.S. dollar and comparatively weaker global economies.
1: Douglas Elliman says the average price for a new condo fell more than 1% last quarter in Manhattan to $4.8 million. Sales volume fell more than 3%. Uh, that's your Bloomberg Real Estate Report. I'm Denise Pellegrini.
0: This is Bloomberg Markets with Carol Messer and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. Kent Waller joins us right now. She's the author of a new book called Geek Girl Rising Inside the Sisterhood Shaking Up Tech with a look at uh, the women in Silicon Valley and uh, and and what's happening there with women's role in Silicon Valley. Uh, good to see you as always.
2: Thanks for having um, me, Corey.
0: So tell me, tell me sort of the notion of the book. What what's the story you're trying to tell?
2: Yeah, you know, the mainstream story of women in the tech world thus far has been it's a insular, sexist boys club that's doing its best to keep women out. What we found in our research was this whole grassroots movement of women who are shaking things up, who are starting companies, investing in each other's companies, and paying it forward to the next generation to get them involved in tech.
1: So how big of a dent are they making out of what is often a predominantly male? Industry.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a great question. It's it's a small dent, but it's progress. Anything is progress. You know, when you look at what's going on with Uber today and the headlines of uh, you know the investigation and people being fired because of sexual harassment and gender discrimination, you know what we found is that these women are you know finally they're speaking up against sexism and discrimination. But it's going to take a while to turn things around and really make a dent. The numbers of women in technology, working as engineers, as venture capitalists, as startup founders, is still pretty low.
0: How do you... so... Go ahead, Carol.
2: Well,
1: I'm just thinking about, you know, Corey and I talk about a lot. We both have daughters. I have one. He has two. Um, you know, getting girls interested in science at a young age and keeping it going because my daughter loves science right now. I don't know whether she'll keep going, and I kind of hope she does. But it, it starts to thin out, if you will.
2: Yeah, I have a nine year old daughter and a thirteen year old daughter and I can already see with my thirteen year old who's going to be in eighth grade, little bit of, uh, she's great at math, but a little feeling that she's not quite as good as math as her you know, male peers. And I think it's really... Um, it's, you know she's
0: sitting right next to you now.
2: Oh, she's right next to me. Hi, yes, Co- Her sir. name is Coco. She's right next <laughs> to me, yeah. Hi, Coco. And um And, you know, as parents, I think it's really our, our job to keep them motivated, to, you know, keep them excited. And for another great thing that we do with my nine-year-old who is going into fourth grade is she did a robotics uh, after-school program with all of her little buddies. And, you know, it's much more fun to do math and to do tech with your friends, make it social, make it interactive, and she loved it. Was it the no. first program, first robotics? It was called. It's called oh. Reaching Out with Robotics. Okay. It was started by a Tam High School um, uh, graduate, actually, who was going to, to Berkeley.
0: Mount, Mount Tam High School, high school up in Marin County. Um, uh, so, what did you? Was there a common denominator you started to find some of these women as you talked to them in Silicon Valley?
2: Yeah, the the, the common denominator was that they were not doing it alone. And, you know, we heard from so many women that entrepreneurship, starting companies is a really lonely business. And if you don't have that sense of sisterhood, like the boys club has been around for ages, women haven't had that. So you really need to form your group of supporters, whether you know, your cheerleaders at home, your mentors, um, in the office, and, and, and create the sisterhood. And that's what we found, like in all these different sectors, whether it's, you know, VC, uh, you know, all over the startup world, that women were forming these connections with other women to help each well, other. I have to jump
1: in because we had a great story about our Sarah McBride. Um, we talked about it here on Bloomberg. But it said at how, um, Samantha, how at top venture capital firms, more women partners doesn't mean more women funded. In other words, women weren't more inclined to provide VC money for other women ventures. And it was – I don't get that.
2: Yeah, that's funny. I was at Google last week speaking and a woman in the audience stood up and she said, you know, I know your book focuses on the sisterhood, but what about what about the woman out there? Like, I've had female managers who haven't been that supportive and haven't really lifted me up. And I said, yeah, that's true. There There is that story of women not pulling each other up. Um, but there is again this, you know, this grassroots movement we've seen of women really trying their best to, to, to invest in other women. What we're seeing the real impact within the VC world and in the investment world is with angel investing. And there's networks like Pipeline Angels and Plum Alley Investments, um, that, and a, a number of other angel networks that are really on the rise.
0: And it sounds like you, in the book, you're not going after sort of the known quantities of Marissa Meyer and, and uh you know, I don't know uh, uh, Sheryl Sandberg at, at at Facebook, you're looking at sort of unknown stories here.
2: yeah, I mean, those definitely Sheryl Sandberg and Marissa Meyer are our inspiration, and they're trailblazers in the field, but we wanted to show sort of the up and coming the next generation of women and how they're finding alternative ways of making it um, of making it uh, in the tech world and the startup world. Um, but yeah. The crazy thing is – sorry, I'm getting on my soapbox. But it's just like – I know. But, I, you
1: know, I've been reading – just, just a reminder that, you know, in terms of women being the primary wage earner, you're finding that I think – either near 40 or 50 percent and if you think about the impact that women have on gdp as wage earners and also in terms of making decisions about purchases at home it's tremendous and there's Mm -hmm. so much research out there that says you know i feel like a broken record put women in board positions put women in senior positions and companies often financially (laughs) perform better um Mm -hmm. i just don't wonder why everybody is so slow to the party
2: here well, it's you know it's been a boys' club, and I think technology, the Silicon Valley you know area startup world, is a lot newer of a world than say legal and finance. So well, then it
1: should be evolved, no? And it should be get...
2: it should be it should be evolved. But the problem is, you look at like Uber, and uh, they started the company. Travis started the company in two thousand nine. They didn't get an HR person in there until two thousand fourteen. So in the startup world, the focus really is on. Developing products, building a team, selling your product, you know, workplace culture, getting more diversity, all these different workplace issues is is not on the top of their priority list.
0: So we, in, in Geek Girl, though, you're telling these stories of, of these women who've just sort of said... You know, Richard Branson's famous phrase, right? Screw it. Let's do it.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Like one of my favorite stories in the book is Shanna Tellerman, who's the CEO and founder of a company called Modsy, which I was just playing around with today because I'm redecorating my kitchen. And it's a 3D virtual environment where you can go in and you can actually walk around the room and you can decorate your house. And then you can pick out, you know, couches and sofas and accessories and actually purchase them. And Shanna started her first company, Wild Pockets, while she was at Carnegie Mellon, sold it at age 26 to Autodesk, went to work for Google Ventures, and she said that was the first place she realized that there are so few women pitching venture capitalists. She's like, where are all the women founders? Why aren't they pitching me? And um, so she started this uh, new company, and she has a group now called the uh, Pinnacle Project, and she brings them all out to Park City, investors, um, startup, founders, women, because she's really trying to create this sisterhood of a girls' club.
0: Amazing stuff. Well, the book's called Geek Girl Rising, Inside the Sisterhood Shaking Up Tech. Uh, Samantha Uh thanks. It was good to see you. Hey, thanks uh, for having me. Good uh, to see you, too. To book. It's great stuff. Are right, you've been listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Corey Johnson and Carol Masser. I'm at Corey TV. She's at Carol Masser on Twitter. And this is Bloomberg.